0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast, Does Super League? Um, I'm workshopping this name. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Uh, Obviously, I am Angus. I'm joined again tonight by Chris Hermitage. Chris, how are you?
1: I am doing pretty well, Angus. Uh, Decent scoring Super League. Main thing about the weekend was QPR getting three points. So that means I'm in a good mood uh, for most of the week. Um, and yeah, happy to be chatting about the wide variety of European football that this game entails.
0: Yeah, so one thing that we'd talked about with our rundown, that, I, or we'd talked about our rundown, I realised we hadn't talked about, was actually just covering how we did this week. Um, so that's probably a, a logical place to start, uh, just to explain to people the sort of format we're going to work with, um, hopefully with this going forward, is each of us is going to cover three key points from the weekend's games, um, and then we're going to get into the questions just to formulate the rest of the conversation because, as we sort of discussed uh, the last time we did the pod, it, that's sort of what you guys want to hear us talk about, so it's just useful for us to get into that after, after covering the key points. Um, but, yeah, to start off with how we did, um, I'll go first. I got 98 points this week. Uh, no boost for me. Um, which is good for 66th overall. Um, I'm quite happy, although it would have been nice if Antoine Griezmann had done slightly more uh, because I think I went into that game with Griezmann vice-captain and Enamoso on 91, and I was sort of looking at, he doesn't have to do much, and I'll get the hundreds, and he did not very much. <laughs> um, but I had, uh, obviously, I had Holland captain, which got me 30. Um, and then I had double-digit returns from Bellingham, Kubo, Saka, and Guiri. I also had, you know, bits and pieces like reason Vice captain was four. I had Di for six. Uh, Ramiro and Asinong got me four, and Lodi and then Mosso got me three. So 98 points. I'm I'm happy with that as a starting point. Um, I know that it's sort of behind a lot of the people who had quite successful budget busters, but I'm sort of comfortable with having not played it and perfectly happy with sort of where I am at this point in time and how I'm sort of set up and everything as well Um, a couple of those sort of key decisions went my way as well particularly sort of Bellingham Um, I ended up going Bellingham over Vinicius which obviously on the first game has paid off quite nicely whether that continues is another matter entirely but uh, (laughs) it's gone quite well first game Uh, Chris how did you do this week?
1: Uh, I got 98 points as well, uh, for an overall rank of 62. So, somehow, that maybe I don't really know how Chris can be above Angus, maybe it's done, not done on manager name, but there is a reason behind that. Um, I yeah, Harlan Harlan captain, exactly the same thing, Griezmann as my vice captain. So, I had four players going into Monday night with Savage, Griezmann vice captain, Fernandez, and Maratta. Yes, I did actually go for. Alvaro Morata as my second playing striker this week. Um, so I was in a great position thinking, God, Monday night I could boost massively here. Atletico go keep a clean sheet. Griezmann does his usual stuff. United are playing Wolves. That's a comfortable win to nil. Um, and to be fair, it did start off quite well. Like, Morata was involved. He got a goal. It was looking good. Um, albeit the early parts of this game that I saw. Yeah, Griezmann wasn't wasn't involved too much. Um, Morata had a goal ruled out for offside after he'd scored. So here we go. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. Griezmann will definitely get something second half. United will get a dodgy penalty late on because Wolves are in the ascendancy and uh, the second half didn't, didn't go to plan. Morata got subbed. Memphis came on, scored an absolute screamer, did really well in the half an hour he played. Now I'm extremely worried. Murata gets dropped next game, um, but considering I didn't play a boost, very happy with um, that 98. Kind of in a similar position to you, and um, looked kind of through the the game week leaderboard, and just wanted to see how people did do on budget buster because there's some uh, really impressive scores out there. So game week game week rank of one was from Adrian Watson, who had 237 points on his budget buster, which for anybody who hasn't played Super League before or maybe is new to Gaffer in general and these boosts, that score is viable. That kind of yeah. um, 200 plus can occur with various boosts kind of across the season. And ultimately getting more points is more fun, right? Um, but yeah, his score was uh, exceptional. But Angus and I did talk about those pre-Pod, and there were a lot of players he picked that we had well semi-tipped up or discussed last week. That if we had done budget buster, were would be in there for us. So um, Lopez from Marseille, in goal Savage, which you obviously highlighted as the only 4.5 defender for Atletico, Munoz and Traoré in terms of the double up for Sociedad at the back. Um, Rodri got him off to the perfect start on Friday night with absolute monster haul. And I and Saar in terms of a Marseille double up in midfield. Doku, which we mentioned. Depay, which we mentioned. um, I'm sure we mentioned Izak. And he went actually double Newcastle attack, which worked out incredibly well. Um, And that is something we'd said that we weren't too confident as to who would play up front for Newcastle. OK, the best way to do that is to go for both of them and then to score five goals. But, yeah, just wanted to highlight his his score because it was um, very impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was asked a couple of times what I thought was a good Budget Buster score. And I think it will be slightly higher in Super League, um, um, just in terms of the way the scoring will go and some of the players and everything. So I yeah. said about 170-ish plus. Uh, particularly 175 to 200, um, I think is is very viable because that's um, a normal game week score of 70 to 80. Um, so I think, you know, that's that's certainly possible for people, um, but it just shows with the Budget Buster, if it goes to plan um, for those who are considering it or had considered not playing it Um you know, some people I've seen have got 200 and they didn't even have a full 11 of budget players. So um, it can certainly go that way as well.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely be a fun boost for a lot of people to play um, as long as your team does well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> please do not send in, Well, actually maybe do send in, if you play Budget Buster later in the season and your score is 80, we would still like to see it. Yeah. And we can still <laughs> give you a shout out on the pod. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would certainly be interesting. Um, so yeah, so as we said, we're going to sort of touch on each of our sort of three sort of key takeaways from the weekend. We'll sort of alternate, um, obviously back and forth. But uh, and then and then we'll get into our questions. But Chris, what's the first sort of key point from the weekend that you want to cover?
1: Um, well, this is a bit hard to, uh, hard to swallow being a Barca event, but um, I want the first talk I want to talk about is Jude Bellingham and just i mean what a player but um i i know this is only the second second week of super league that we're going into but i feel he's quite quickly going to become essential in this game we did talk about him last week and how good he was for um for briscia dortmund when we played this game two years ago and how good he was in champions league fantasy as well to be fair he was more, he was better in Super League. Obviously that's a season long game kind of compared to and a weekly game compared to Champions League. But um albeit his goal maybe slightly fortuitous, kind of a volley that goes down into the into the floor and still goes into the into the corner. But played an attacking role behind Vinicius and Rodrigo, which is what we had predicted. He's going to play week in, week out and they need people to contribute from the field in terms of goals and assists. Obviously they did have this big reliance on Benzema and then kind of looked to Vinicius and Rodrigo. But yeah, he um I quite quickly kind of want to want to get him in my team. I've looked at it. It is it is possible um actually fairly easily if I just move Fernandez out for Bellingham but I'm kind of staring at a Morata potential problem as well. But given how good I think Bellingham is going to be in this game, I think I want to get on him nice and early.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Obviously, I said uh, I'm I'm quite happy with the fact that I, I went with him to start. It was partially to make something else fit, but it was also sort of thinking about it. And with him having played basically as a false nine um, throughout the preseason for Real Madrid, I was sort of, well, you know, player of his ability that high up the pitch, um, for Real Madrid at eight point five, it was sort of, you know, I was sort of willing to take that gamble, um, and I knew it was a gamble because, you know, we even within the game we saw, Vinny came very close to returning a, a couple of times, but um, it actually almost got got better as he sort of drifted around more from that position as well, and. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a to a podcast earlier, and they were sort of talking about how the number of times that Bellingham was actually starting and finishing the same move, um, and I think I think they're they're it it feels almost bizarre to say, but they're they're already comparing him to Zidane there, um, yeah. and I'm not I'm not sure it's an unfair comparison or <laughs> which is yeah, just incredible um... to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: It's not going to be particularly fun watching him in Clásicos now. Yeah. Um, It's one where I will desperately hope he's suspended the week before (laughs) or, yeah, just not available because obviously Barca have dominated that midfield area for a long time, a few years where it became more even and actually Madrid did better in that that battle. But, um, yeah, I kind of figured with a box midfield. Barça would be able to get back to that the area in those games, but I'm not so sure anymore. Um, but yeah, he was uh, kind of started as he means to go on, I guess.
0: Yeah, so he was he was obviously very good. Um, in terms of my first point, it's a little bit sort of easier, I guess. But um, I watched uh, PSG's game, the majority of PSG's game against Lorient, and I think it was very apparent that they were that they needed something else. Um, it's worth saying that obviously uh, they've now reached an agreement with Kylian Mbappe to reintegrate him into the squad. This came ve- relatively quickly after this game. And uh, it's come out since that that is not contingent on him signing a new contract. They have just decided to reintegrate him into the squad. And uh, based on watching that game, I am not surprised. Uh, they, they were they were not very good. Um, they really struggled for, for creativity. Um, it was actually quite stark sort of how, how much they struggled to make things happen in that game. When you think, of, you know, a Paris Saint-Germain team um, created, I think, just over one XG in a game. Yeah. Like, that, even a sort of lesser strength team for them shouldn't be doing that. No, um not at all. And, you know, what because, do you think
1: they'll... What do you think their front three will either be this coming week or sort of in a few weeks' time? Because it was, what, Asensio, Ramos, and um, that was it, yeah, this week. How how quickly do you reckon that changes?
0: So I think Mbappe probably comes back in right away. Um, He's obviously been training with the... (laughs) undesirables, <laughs> so I think they've been lovingly called. <laughs> um, so fitness won't be an issue. Um, it rarely is with him anyway, and it's not like, you know, it matters that he hasn't necessarily been working with that first team group. Like obviously that will then grow in terms of the connection and what and the system and whatever, but getting someone like him in straight away is not exactly an issue. Um I'm not sure whether Ousmane Dembele will go straight in or whether they'll sort of phase that in. Um, but I think ultimately they'll look at Dembélé and Mbappé either side of Ramos. Yeah. Um, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Asensio in the midfield three. Um, yeah. Because I think they'll still want him in there, um, sort of regularly, and I think he can still do damage for, particularly for a team that's going to have a lot of the ball quite high up the pitch. Having him essentially in a midfield role is still, you know, perfectly viable for them
1: yeah it's probably so many home games that they can have those four attacking players playing in league one, isn't it it's not it's not desperate to have a midfield 3 that's what they need in either tougher away games or the champions league where they need to change their change their approach but obviously they've been linked again with uh, mwani today let's see if a, a bit eventually develops um, to potentially have a, a full French front three despite spending a lot of money on Ramos. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think
0: they'd love that sort of thing. Um but yeah, I just thought, you know, there's there's concerns after that first game, but I do think that there's a very quick route to addressing those. Um, yeah. and I do think, you know, it's worth it's just sort of worth remembering that the, the likes of Mbappe are coming back as Dembele will now be available. Um, I think we will see it change relatively quickly for them, um, but it was sort of it was evident to see based on that game <laughs> why they were sort of looking to to bring Mbappe in quite quickly, um, yeah, and willing to sort of make up with him, um, which you know particularly given that I think he'll go straight in, whereas we had sort of ruled him out before. He's obviously very quickly back on the menu for people now in terms of potentially getting back in. Uh, teams.
1: Yeah, I can see if he sp- starts scores this weekend, are they a way to, um, to lose? Then I can imagine a lot, lot of questions with the pod next week will be <laughs> shall we get Mbappe in? How do we get Mbappe in? Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you have got Haaland, which I imagine a lot of people do, well, it, uh, it does become difficult. And I'm sure we'll come on to another highly priced striker who's been added to the game yes uh we today
0: will.
1: <laughs> later on but um while we're talking about french football second point i had from the weekend was was ren this is a team we spoke about quite a lot last week in terms of they had obviously they were playing a game for one and they had a lot of assets for budget booster um i scored five goals it's not going to be the only time they score a lot of goals in the game this uh this season However, I'm sure they won't come up against a such a horrific goalkeeping performance as the Mets number one. Well, I don't even want to call him the number one, the Mets goal the Mets person who was standing in goal um decided to put in at the weekend. Because yeah, if anybody watches those highlights, he was horrific. He basically sort of palmed four of these goals out and people just had tap-ins or easy finishes. But um it's still a team that scored five goals They did incredibly well this last season um people still fancy them to do really well this year so see doku returned kind of the main man and probably the one that um most people know from ren but uh actually the highlights um gave me the right pronunciation of their captain borio um which is a lot that's a lot closer than whatever i was pronouncing last week which was so any French listeners or anybody who can speak French, i do apologize um he returned with nine points you had um Guerri up front didn't you yes
0: yes I did
1: um... yeah um if anybody is potentially suddenly looking at salah who came off the bench four point five striker uh, watch the watch his goals first. he's not going to get two easy tap-ins every week off the bench so I would not urge you to suddenly be like, he's an amazing enabler up front at 4.5. If he does turn up to be that, great. But I think it is unlikely. Um, but as a team, yeah, I feel we will still be looking at Ren quite a lot in the season as um, definitely as an enabler. can't see Doku going in anywhere from my team for a good while unless he is, he is snapped up, although that Man City rumour seems to have um Seems to have gone quiet as they look at Paquetta but you never know when Romano will suddenly quote tweet his previous Doku tweets from about three weeks ago and kind of suggest Man is still interested. So he's a one to watch, but certainly an impressive um, impressive performance by Red.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing with them as well. Is just sort of um the the wealth of options as well like i think uh both of the forwards they have uh Guiri and callum Wendo, um obviously both returned at the weekend yeah um both like sort of i was just following the 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 live text updates sort of and uh they seem to be frequently involved in sort of chances and that sort of thing so um I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried about sort of owning them. I'd be quite happy about it, to be honest. Um, so I'll I'll certainly be looking to, um, to build with them. And, uh, you know, I've obviously got the nice solution at the back of, uh, Asignon, the 4.0 starter. So that's obviously handy as well. But yeah, like you said, I think we'll be, we'll be looking at them sort of. All through the season, really. Um, Definitely. But, uh, you know, another team that we we talked about quite a bit was um, Atletico Madrid. And there's my second talking point, obviously, played on Monday night. Um, we obviously did a predicted lineups uh, pod. Uh, I did with James Johnson last week. And uh, we were quite close on the. Uh, on the Atletico Madrid lineup, but we had the the slight disagreement. I said Morata would start. He said Dubai would start. Um, (laughs) Morata obviously did get the nod. Um, It was a little bit up in the air, but I think uh, it it sort of worked out for everyone in the end, ultimately uh, (laughs) with uh, Morata returning and uh, Memphis returning Uh, Memphis. It was some hit from him. Obviously, uh, Marcus Llorente, who was playing right wing back got a goal at the end as well, yeah um which was not great from <laughs> the uh the granada point of view um, no
1: they're, uh, yeah, depending left a little bit to be desired there, but he still did he still did well to to get in and at five point if he is going to play and start which again you aren't gonna be. <sighs> Maybe four weeks in, we might feel more confident. Yeah. Given um, that
0: it's sort of Molina's spot as well. And, you know, that yeah. it, um, it, it might be a little bit sort of variable. Um, the interesting thing I thought um, was as piliquetta was already clearly very important for them. Um, he was doing quite a lot of sort of, you know, leading from the back and communicating, which we know is his thing, but I think he'll be a little bit better sort of suited to I think towards the end of his time at Chelsea, he became a little bit of a liability defensively, yeah. just because of the the physicality required. Which obviously there the difference gets overstated a little bit, I think, to La Liga, but it definitely suits him better in terms of being able to play in that Atletico Madrid team and not be a problem.
1: Yeah, um, it was uh, his his booking for anybody who's haven't seen it was like super stereotypical Atletico foul. Winger did well, knocked it past him. <laughs> and as Billick was like, absolutely no chance of you getting past me. Yanks him down, no chance. Like, guaranteed yellow. One of those ones where a defender puts his hands up straight away because he knows what's coming. But he's decided, no, you are not getting past me. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, I so, think yeah, he's... his was funny. And Motto has annoyed me because he's, the referee said it was a totting up foul for four fouls. I think two of them weren't even fouls. So it's yeah. sort of like when, when he gets a totting up foul, it's like, yeah, but he wasn't even fouling them. It's it's a bit <laughs> annoying. Um,
1: um, actually, one thing that I did think was interesting, um, when Soyuncu came on, he was incredibly <laughs> attacking. He had some great runs, basically, up the left wing and yeah. taking people on, and he did not look like Basically, the donkey centre back who was at Leicester for most of last season. Um, yeah, if he, I'm not saying he's going to have a kind of marauding, marauding runs in every game from centre back, but um, it was it was interesting to see and something I thought should be mentioned.
0: Yeah, I mean, even the commentators a couple of times were almost you know, what's he doing up there, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was great. Um, I also just wanted to mention two two players for them. Um, Yannick Carrasco, um, obviously playing left wing back for them. But, uh, you know, times was everywhere and he was really central to what they were doing. Yeah. I think he got top bonus in the game um, and he looked really good. Obviously, people, you know, naturally in your thinking, you see someone who's a midfielder playing wing back and you're sort of thinking, well, do I want... You know, yeah. someone like that. But I think with him in particular, it's it's still very viable because he is so important to them going forward from that position. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And then the other one that could be sort of, I guess, an enabler going forward, uh, Koke limped off after five minutes and Pablo Barrios came on in midfield. He is someone they are very positive about in midfield and really like, and he's 4.5. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily go to him immediately, particularly when people are working out how to manoeuvre their squads to get to some of these high-priced forwards. Someone like Pablo Barrios, if he's going to be in the team for any length of time, could be a solution to that. To just sit up, sit on your bench and um, obviously it is a La Liga spot, but you know as we get the full set of leagues playing, I just thought he might be someone to keep an eye on, depending on the the length of coque's injury and whether it is Barrios that sort of slots into the team in his place um, yeah no he's um
1: even the times when he played last season looks very good he's one that you would um, expect it won't be too long before he's integrated into the Spanish national team from a squad point of view very much that squad changes a lot kind of with every call up you kind of have a huge pool of players that they rotate or kind of who is flavour of the month aspect there but yeah, I, I can see him having a lot of appearances for Spain going forward. Um, yeah, Depay, Depay, Morata. That that will be a kind of weekly problem. However, if you're if you're one of those strikers who doesn't start, the other one will come on. He will get half an hour, twenty five minutes. I wouldn't be if you've got Depay. I wouldn't be too bothered that he doesn't start. If you've got Morata like me. Being at eight million, then it's more of a concern, and probably um, think about moving off or, or at least giving it a few weeks. And he's kind of as a as a potential on the list to to go, especially playing uh, play Betis away this week. Not a great fixture on paper that I'm particularly happy about seeing, but um, but yeah. But speaking of forwards. The third point I wanted to raise, and this will be a quick one, because it does come around, cover a Premier League player, is Isaac at Newcastle. just thought his performance was excellent against Villa. The fact that he was the starting striker, again, doesn't mean he's going to start every single Premier League game over Wilson. I'm sure there'll be times when it's both Wilson, Isaac rested, etc. But 6.5. Great price point. We did speak last week about that could be a good price point. I don't think there's any better strikers in terms of being cheaper than him. So, I mean, if you yeah, Depay is 6.0 but we've already just spoken about that potential issue in terms of not overly guaranteed but you don't worry too much about his minutes but yeah, he's at 16 points in, in week one. I feel he could be And then we talk about a lot in terms of potentially enabling you more money into midfield, but still being very confident that he can get returns. Yeah, he did. He did very well.
0: Yeah, he was obviously very good in that game. Newcastle were very good in that game. I think he will sort of... I I think personally this season he will take on more of the number one role. Mm. Um, And I do think he is the sort of player that can return in any game um i've been yeah. a big fan of him even when well, when he was at real Sociedad and um i do think that there's he's sort of growing constantly in terms of you know obviously there's the development and the, the ability but the the sort of confidence and you can see the way he's sort of carrying himself the way he's you know what he's attempting is just getting better and better and i think um yeah, he, he could be a, a real option for a lot of people, depending on what you want to do in the forward spots. I think people will be looking to spend a lot of money in those spots, but if you need sort of a cheaper one, he he's going to establish himself as a a very big option in that area.
1: Definitely. He was, if we think back to, I think it was probably two years ago, it was quite a while before he went to Newcastle when he was at Sociedad and and got sort of four goals that season. And honestly, there were times when he was not quite through one-on-one, but like he might have had a defender trailing with him. You had absolutely no faith he was going to finish. There were times when he was basically stumbling over the ball. A lot of people, if they've only seen him at Newcastle, won't believe that comment. But yeah, so had knew they had a huge talent there, but it was the development of that talent that they needed. Um, they sold him for huge money. So Newcastle saw that talent there as well and they are very much developing it so yeah good to see yeah and yeah a player who I'm sure will be in both of our teams at some point
0: yeah definitely um a team that I think we you know a lot of people have players from particularly the uh, budget bus- uh boosters but I just wanted to uh, to touch on a different player I guess uh, was Marseille um, so obviously they are playing tonight while we're recording. Um, I think a lot of people were looking at uh, Saar and Ndi, um who obviously both I think got assists in that game. Uh, Saar's obviously came off the bench, um, but the, the player that I wanted to mention was um, Unai, um, yeah. who obviously had a very good game. Um, you know, is sort of starting regularly attacking area was someone that you know we didn't talk about as much. Others haven't talked about as much. Um, but I think has looked very good for them to start. And, uh, you know, people might remember back to um, him playing for Morocco in the World Cup. He was someone that everyone was sort of raving about. And it was, you know, sort of quite surprising when he ended up going to Marseille, I think, for relatively sort of little money after that. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's just, you know, particularly those looking around at slightly different options, little savings, um, I think it's someone that, can potentially go a little bit sort of overlooked, um, but who will be frequently involved in the attack. Um and so I just think, you know, with him being five rather than the other two that are six. Yeah. It's just another one for me um in terms of potential savings for people whereas they're looking to find money to to get players, um, someone who will still be in the attack but 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 at a cheaper price.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um so that's sort of our our key takeaways uh, from the first weekend. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get into the questions from people. Um, I have them and now I've lost them. So yeah. So these are in no particular order. Um, so if they seem a little bit random, I will try and group them together. Um, but they don't sort of appear in a particular order on my phone. So uh, it would just be. Um, one that I can I can cross off quite quickly. At the top one for me is uh, FPL Frog, who said, "Are you going to have a different theme tuned for Super League pots?" Feels weird talking about Mbappe, Lewandowski, Vinicius, Bellingham, and then at the end Zamora belts out through my headphones. <laughs> um, I mean, Zamora played played a key role in a European campaign,
1: so uh... exactly. If any if any Fulham fans are listening, or anybody who remembers that season where they got to the final against Atletico, then, uh, yeah. And as I said back to him on Twitter earlier, Zamora is as much of a legend as any of those (laughs) other players. So, yeah, if I can consistently be reminded about that amazing day at Wembley that I had and that goal, then we'll keep it in. But, yeah, Angus is going to see if his tech capabilities allow for anything slightly different or, let's say, more European. But don't don't hold your breath we're not promising anything here
0: yes that's that's the key here is um i can't really make any guarantees based on my sort of technical expertise in this area so um yeah uh i'll I'll give it a go i do sort of want to have a go at it but um it might well end up at lit, you know, being the same theme tune. This was produced for us by someone and uh, with much better expertise. So it just uh, remains to be seen whether I can work on anything in that regard. Um, there's there's a number of questions that are on the the same uh, sort of area, um, but so I'm just going to try and pick off a couple of different ones first. Uh, Jamie, uh, my regular co-host, uh, has asked. Hold on to Stones.
1: Yeah, I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't be moving off him as your as your number one issue this week. I appreciate his six and didn't play week one, but he's probably gonna play tomorrow night in the super cup. He's still gonna be very consistent for City. You probably want some of their defensive coverage at some point. Um and like other pods have kind of said today and this week, you picked him for a reason at the start. Keep him in. You're gonna, you're gonna have subs if he doesn't, if he doesn't play. But I would be confident he's gonna return, return into that team. Unless you, maybe you wait down the line for when Guardiola does start. Then you go, okay, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna save myself the one and a half mil, and I've still got City defensive.
0: Yeah, unless there's something you're desperate to get to, I wouldn't necessarily worry about moving him um yet, um, and I'm not sure how much you would have seen from as in this weekend that made you sort of think I desperately need that player, but um, uh, unless that is the case, then um, it's uh, it's probably best to sort of to hold on initially. Yeah. Um, Just a couple of questions that sort of were were on a different uh, vein. Um, So we had one that was best Verratti, uh, which is 7 million midfielder or under replacement. And then saying, keep up the good work, gents. Um, We were saying we're surprised that someone was with Verratti, not to sort of, you know, rub it in, but uh, it probably wasn't the uh, the best... uh,
1: yeah, it, it was let's say it was a surprising question for us to <laughs> both to read today. Um, in terms of replacements for him, in terms of like 7.0 and below, um, Kubo of Sociedad, which I will pass across to Angus to <laughs> discuss. Um, maybe the maybe the intro can be some Kubo commentary. Yeah, I was about to say um, if there's anything potentially Kubo? iconic about
0: <laughs> from him. Um,
1: um, but yeah, yeah. Why, don't, why don't you have a minute to talk about his performance at the weekend and him as an asset again?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep it brief because, uh, you know, I've already sort of talked about it, but he's I I love him as a player. I think he's really good. I think, you know, the fact that he was well signed by both Barcelona and Real Madrid, um, you see some of these players where it takes slightly longer for it to work for them. Um, and I think that's something that's happened with him, but I think he's really sort of coming into his own now at at Real Sociedad. And I think at 6'5 six five six five in the game, um, he's going to be a really strong option as the season goes along. Um, providing he sort of, you know, obviously stays fit and whatever. But assuming that I think yeah, he will be he will be a very strong option going forward.
1: Yeah. Um in terms of other replacements, I mean we've talked about um some of the Marseille assets in terms of Saar, Ndiay and um, Anahi. Um, Royce was talked about quite a lot in the lineups pod. If he becomes a starter um, for Dortmund at 6.0, that can be a really exciting one to have. The key one I'd pull out is Danny Olmo, not just because of his hat-trick against Bayern in the um, Super Cup at the weekend. Uh, we had spoken about him last week anyway, and said if we were to play Budget Buster when the Bundesliga are playing, he'd probably be one of the number one names on our in our team. He is one. Um, I think he's ultimately the standout at 6.0 in terms of replacement.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of others to mention, obviously. Um, that, uh, we, we've mentioned Doku at Ren, who's obviously 5.5, potentially Doku of Manchester City, which if that <laughs> happens is obviously interesting as well. Um, Carrasco at 6'5", five. Uh, I'm still a, a big fan of, so he's the other one that uh, that I would mention in in that regard. And the other one that I thought was interesting, he was quite heavily involved for uh, long until it started going wrong for them. Was uh, Fall Genie, who's five point five.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I managed to catch about twenty minutes of that game at at my in laws. Um they must have really wondered why I decided to put French football on <laughs> while I was feeding my daughter milk. But um yeah, he was in he was involved in everything. He was on a lot he was on all their set pieces. So if you're looking for someone like that, then that is that is an option. Yeah. Going below, we will see. Um Yamal at Barcelona, the next. I was gonna no. No, no one's the next that guy. Um, <laughs> a very exciting young talent at Barcelona. I would not be shocked if he does play and start this weekend at home to Cadiz after Rafinha stupidly got himself sent off the other day. Um, uh, there might be an element where you try to protect him more. And I'm not saying he's a gap for Asset, but you want someone who could potentially be really exciting at 5.5. And we get some predicted lineups from Barcelona accounts, news sources, etc. And he's gonna start, then maybe you want to go there. But yeah, that's that's very much punty. And in week two I probably wouldn't go for a punt like that.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the key there is sort of balancing it out as you get into week two about um not overreacting to doing badly or overreacting to doing well and trying to sort of, you know, really sort of push your luck on that um, like you know in that regard uh, we've got uh, Forever QPR uh, Pontus uh, he said straight after a very decent budget buster for me would you consider playing a ticky tacker boost with Lewandowski, Vinnie Jr Ramiro, Munoz and Triore for a chance of being famous for a week at possible OR1 <laughs> yeah when he
1: sent this one in I did I did laugh Phrasing his question extremely well to get himself credited a lot on the on the pod. But to be fair, Pontus, you did have a very good big one score. Um, in in terms of that boost with the five players you've named, it's not for me. I'd want I'd want more attacking players. Obviously, I appreciate we have spoken about before, not only on this this pod last week, but in terms of the the Gaffer pod that you you do with Dan and Jamie in terms of look defenders can still be really good assets in this game but no I mean well Lewandowski has looked an element of shadow of himself since the World Cup I would not be encouraging anybody to go to have him in their team for a good long while actually I'd want to see him look to regain some form um, so I would yeah not I wouldn't be playing your, your second boost in week two, but I didn't recommend Budget Booster last week and you did really well upon this, so um, maybe feel free. What about you, Angus? Do you think it's a goer or, or not?
0: Not with those five. Um, I think personally, yes, defenders can do well. I think with La Liga, I mean, he's recognised in a follow-up tweet that there is a La Liga doubling in week six, but also I think there's some other great options there that mean that I wouldn't necessarily be wanting to use it. You know, for example, on triple Rail Sociedad defence, where, you know, and then Vinny Jr. and Lewandowski. I mean, you're not sort of having, I mean, Griezmann didn't do anything at the, well, on Monday, but you're not having him. You're not having Bellingham. You're not having Rodrigo. You're not having sort of uh, Carrasco. You're not having Kubo. I think... That's the other, that would be the other concern for me. It's not saying you can't do it with any defenders because defenders can obviously do well, but I'd probably want a little bit more in the attacking areas from from La Liga to play that boost.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I would also say to Pontus, because in his follow-up tweet, he's talked about the idea of playing triple-triple in game week 14. Game week 14 is in the second <laughs> set of boosts, so don't leave your triple-triples <laughs> till game week 14. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, very good point.
0: Uh, I think we are mostly into the key part of the questions, which is where we will sort of uh, uh, finish off. Um, uh, FPL Calypso had asked, will we ever find out what price Harry Kane is coming in at? He obviously came into the game today at 12.5. We've had a question from Neil Thompson, who said, Kane away to Bremen or... Holland at home to Newcastle, or would it be both? Um, we've got a question from DMAC QPR. We're being bombarded by QPR, apparently. There we um, go.
1: We're massive.
0: <laughs> he said premiums to target in relation to the blanks and doubles over the next few weeks. So I don't think there's any blanks, but in terms of the doubles, uh, Billy Hadaway asked best time to jump on Bundesliga assets. Uh, Fantasy Zone asked who are the essential Bundesliga and Serie A players to bring in this week, and would you consider using Overhaul this early to bring them in? Uh, FPL Ronnie asked any thoughts on using the Overhaul to get the Serie A and La Liga players in ahead of game week six instead of taking multiple hits, and is it best to use it now or just before game week six to gather as much information as possible? Um, And Fantasy Worldwide asked best teams to target on Overhaul. So I've just sort of read through those because they're generally the same sort of theme in terms of overhauling this week and the sort, of, well, Bundesliga and Serie A and then obviously a bit on La Liga as well, um, in ter- particularly in terms of the overhaul. Um, so just initially on Harry Kane, uh, thoughts on him, uh, both his price and how quickly you'd be looking to bring him in, I guess.
1: Um, speed of bringing him in, not quick at all. Um they they're not going to identify Kane's performance in terms of basically getting off a plane having a very light training session in the morning and then coming on for half an hour I don't think you can learn anything from that what you can learn is that it did not look particularly good for Bayern in that game um, when Joshua Kimmich is being booed by Bayern players you know kind of something something is up um, the fans don't seem to think he can play as a six he thinks he can there are concerns at Bayern. let's say um at this stage they could easily go and beat Werder bremen 7-0 on friday night which is uh which is the first game of this game week so the deadline is six o'clock on friday no i w- i'm very much a wait and see for Kane to to determine it's gonna sound silly. Does he start instantly? We don't we don't know that for sure. That does I'd appreciate that does sound silly after spending so much money on him. You'd want to integrate him straight away. Absolutely amazing strike, I love watching him play. But we found it difficult to to identify who Bayern would be playing. I think you did a better job on the lineups pod than You and I discussed earlier in the week, but it's a a waiting scene for me. If you're a Tottenham fan and you love Harry Kane and you want him in your fantasy team, please feel free. But I'd be waiting.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I think some of their early issues in that game were just about finishing, which obviously Harry Kane will help with. Um, I think for me personally at this point in time, with him just going there, I'd rather be a week late than a week early. Um, yeah. I think if people just want to get him in, go for it. Um, personally, I'll be waiting to see how it looks. Um, but yeah, I totally understand if people are wanting to get to him right away. Um, that you sort of uh, you get that in quickly. Um, I do think though, with regards to Neil's question, I would probably be going with Holland at this point rather than Kane, particularly if. You've already yeah. got Haaland. I wouldn't be going to Kane from him at this point. No. Um, there might be a time for that. I'm not sure that, that it's now, um, if, if it ever comes, but it's certainly not now for me. Um With regards to, well, we'll talk about the overhaul first, um, just the idea of it. I have to say when when James brought up the idea on the lineup spot of overhauling game week 2 the more I thought about it the more it did appeal um, I did give it genuine thought um, about sort of you know whether it was budget buster or just generally targeting game week 1 and then looking to overhaul I'm not going to do it but both for people who have played budget buster and who haven't I think overhauling this week is fine
1: yeah yeah, I'd agree. If you are staring at your team having played Budget Buster and you are like all of these amazing assets are playing and I don't have any slash many of them, then yeah, probably play the play the boost. Otherwise you're probably gonna you're probably gonna then take a minus eight this week and then still think about playing overhaul next week anyway. Yeah. Um or lead yourself down to minus eight minus eight again and then etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that would be that would be my re- my recommendation.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't worry about the fact it's game week two. Uh with the sort of structure of Super League this season, where obviously Serie A and Bundesliga have started after the others, it opens up that avenue, particularly if you want to be aggressive on the Serie A and Bundesliga teams other people are going to have to be more measured in terms of getting those in where you can obviously gain a a head start I know that's what James talked about with those teams gain a head start on getting a lot of those players in um, and being able to pick like freely from those as well where obviously people who are making transfers now from what they've already got are going to be limited by those sorts of constraints of you need to balance your budget of certain transfers or there's only certain players you can move out to get others in. So I think there's there's certainly um, real gains to be made, actually, from the overhaul. It doesn't have to be a negative. It can actually be a positive um, going early on it. Definitely. Um, in terms of some targets, um, I think you know people have asked about Serie A, La Liga and Bundesliga um, in terms of the either on the overhaul or um, just generally. I think we, I would refer you in general to um, the lineups pod as a starting point, because we did yeah. talk through the lineups for teams. And I think it does provide a useful base for for who to target from those teams. Um, you know, me and Jay have talked quite a bit about some of those teams like Inter, Napoli, AC Milan, uh, Lazio, we were a little bit less sure on, but then also the likes of, you know, Bayern, Dortmund, um, those are the teams you're going to be looking for. Um, even uh, RB Leipzig and maybe Union Berlin, uh, one of the ones that I think will be popular if people are looking. Um, I'll give you a tip now. Um, Robin Gosens has gone to, uh, has moved this evening. Um, 4. I literally
1: wrote the same thing down on my notepad probably about half an hour ago to bring up at some point
0: um, but yeah is a 4.5 in the game um, has now moved um, might not start initially obviously because he's moving on the Tuesday opening game at the weekend but I think going forward he is someone particularly in their system that plays wing backs is yeah. um, someone who works best on the left but can play on either side as well Um, which I think helps in terms of particularly just in terms of getting minutes. So he's one particularly because I know people are going to look at the strikers um, and the high price forwards. So you need to find those probably some cheaper playing assets. So someone like him could obviously be a big solution for that.
1: Definitely. I mean, they kept their joint best defence in the Bundesliga last year. They only conceded 38 goals, same as Bayern so yeah definitely one to look into we obviously already spoken about how cheap they are it's just trying to assess what their team is but yeah Gossins would be a fantastic asset for them um in terms of the two the two key teams from Serie are looking at game week two and three fixture wise for me napoli and inter we've spoken about how kind of solid and you can pretty much pick that inter team that's why I started with Lissandro Martinez. Very happy for him to be starting for me this week. Um my decision ultimately comes down to do I go Fernandez to Bellingham, having spoken about how I kind of feel he's essential, or do I take a hit so I can go Maratta to Osman, and then someone has to be downgraded in the game because obviously Osman is just he's just such a fun player, to. So incredibly fun in UCL fantasy. Um, absolutely the main man at Napoli. Like James seemed uh, he he seemed distraught if Osman had actually gone to Saudi yeah. Arabia on the lineups pod last week. <laughs> um like he would have taken it incredibly personally and sort of given up with football as a whole. Yeah. Um but yeah, he will be he will be staying at Napoli season which is great to see so yeah from a fixture point of view those two um, first few weeks Dortmund I feel first three fixtures are pretty good but the the issue there is understanding exactly who plays, they're, they're a team I've kind of got highlights to be like look that's a wait and see for me unless your bench is strong enough and has starters where you're like okay well i will accept if my Dortmund player is a sub and comes on or, or doesn't play at all. Um yeah, picking if you're on overhaul and of the questions where they're saying teams from the Bundesliga the target alternatively players. I think buying is just, just such a tough one to to get and to get easily. You kind of I feel you have to be on overhaul to really target these high price players. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, I think with Bayern, I think if I were looking like I've got, I carried through Alfonso Davies. Um, I think he's one that I was quite happy to have, um, and then I think the main ones I would be looking at is Musiala and Kane, which is obviously more difficult as we're talking about with moving money around. It's easier if you're on the overhaul because you know you've got, you've got uh, full flexibility in terms of working out how to get them in. Um, but I think those those two in particular. Um, the ones that I would be looking to target sort of quicker from their team unless something else sort of really jumps out. Those are the ones I'd sort of have, have an eye on initially. Yeah. Um Inter, I like it in terms of the, the forwards. Um you've obviously got Lautaro, I've got Marcus Taram. Um, I think either of them perfectly good, the wing backs, um in terms of Dumfries and DeMarco, I think. Some people I saw had carried one forward. I think either of those are good options as well. Yeah, um, Napoli. Yeah, I mean you can look right right through their team, but I would be focusing on Kvaratskhelia and Ozimen uh, really. Um,
1: yeah, to be fair, seems to be the most drawn-out Saudi transfer of the whole summer. Every other yeah. player who's linked with their moves there have been about ten minutes, and he's still at Napoli as of right now
0: him and, him and Mitrovic
1: yeah that's true yeah um maybe Mitrovic just wanted to go back on his comment of I'll never play for Fulham again and then be like actually I'll give you one game and then I will uh, decide to decide to move on or my agent will negotiate the fee that Fulham want but Fulham aren't in Super League so we we'll, yeah we can move on from him um, um what are your, have you got any transfer plans this week for your week two team?
0: I don't think so. Um, I know a lot of people have been talking about uh, the, the premium forwards um, and I have sort of been looking around at the other premium forwards. Um, I don't really see how I, how I get there initially. Yeah. Um, ideally for me, I would love to roll um, just to give me those two or threes in the, uh, in the, in the next game week, or even three three moves for a minus four. Um, not as a panic move, even though I was discouraged by what I saw. Um, I have been sort of tempted to start that process by selling Griezmann. It's obviously very good, and it would be a real risk. Yeah. Um, but in terms of looking at where in my team I free money up from to get another one of those high price forwards, uh, Griezmann is one of the sort of, quickest ones that comes to mind there which is the only reason that I'm sort of contemplating that really Um, otherwise I will probably look to roll this week obviously having carried the three forward in terms of Davies, Teo Hernandez and Turam I'm sort of you know I've I've got sort of those those guys there ready um, but I might make a move just to sort of prepare myself but Either way, I can then sort of leave Griezmann for another week and potentially buy myself another week to work out which of the expensive forwards I want.
1: Um, Yeah, exactly that. And actually, I mean, Atletico have got two away games next against Betis and they play on Monday night again against Rio, which, yeah, traditionally it's been a tough game for all the top teams in Spain. Not particularly attractive on paper. Then they play Sevilla at home. If it's the Sevilla that turned up in kind of the second part of last season, then that's a tough game. If it's not, then it doesn't look as difficult. So, yeah, from my perspective, I need to weigh up whether it's Moretta, out likely for Osterman, and then someone needs to get downgraded. So that's basically either going to be like uh, Sort of staring at Fernandez and Saka here, but they have both got pretty good, pretty good fixtures. It's not not desperate ones to remove. Um, I don't want to take out a Rujo at home to Cadiz. Uh, if Barcelona concede there at home, then you've got problems. Yeah. But home defence will be so solid that's not a problem. It might be trying to get through. And go right. I'll give a one more game, then move them out for Osiman. So I've got two frees, but yeah, we'll see as we get closer to six o'clock on Friday how much that plan stays in place, or potentially how busy work gets to not allow me to tinker with the team, which might be a benefit.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think I think we've covered we've covered everything there. Um, I know we sort of vaguely discussed some of the questions. It's not specifics um, for some people, but I think we've mentioned a lot of the sort of the Serie A assets, the La Liga assets, the um, Bundesliga assets. Um, So I think combination of what we've said here and the lineups pod will give you good answers there. I mean, obviously a lot of you probably have listened to the lineups pod. um, So hopefully sort of that base will, will, will help you there um just as a as a quick one uh because it's sort of it's been basically discussed but uh just as, as a point to finish um I think we're we're just around an hour which uh is probably slightly longer than we intended but um we will refine this process as we go along I'm sure <laughs> um the four premium forwards um just as a, as a finishing point uh we've got Harland at 13.5. Uh, Lewandowski and Mbappe at thirteen, and Kane at twelve point five. In terms of how you would sort of rank, I guess how much you would want each of them at this point. Uh, what what would your order be at the moment?
1: Haaland clear number one. Kane bottom of that list. Now it's actually Mbappe above Lewandowski, despite the fact we've had. Uh, obviously the Mbappe cycle summer yeah as I mentioned earlier Lewandowski is just he's not looking good Barcelona at the moment my I'm not even sure it's a bold prediction at this stage but my prediction will be next summer there'll be not quite a PR campaign to get him out of Barcelona but there'll be talk about how Barcelona, Barcelona need to move on from Lewandowski can we get him a move somewhere else so he doesn't have the third year of his deal which is actually his wage will increase as his level dropped. Um, he he's a world class player. He can turn it around, but I've seen this since January, and it is not it is not smooth. I would not be looking at him in this game for any away fixture. That goes for all kind of Barcelona assets that aren't defenders anyway. Um, the the difference between Barca at home and away is very stark. Um, yeah, Mbappe. We're pretty confident he's going to play. He does amazing it in in the league, in league on. Um, yeah, Kane's or a, Kane's a wait and see, and yeah, have the issues with Lewandowski. So um, I can't see there being a point anybody has three of them.
0: No, that's tough.
1: Cause uh... That could make your team. Maybe on one pod in a couple of weeks, we'll we'll work on a team <laughs> if you had Kane and Bappe Harland. What the rest of your team could look like, yeah. I think that'd be interesting to do. Um, would you rank them differently?
0: I the only thing that would that would actually potentially be different at this point it, for me, um, and I'm I'm still sort of backing Lewandowski to turn it around. He might be bottom of the list for me at this point in time. Yeah. Um, and Kane is a wait and see but I think at least theoretically what I expect from him in that Bayern team I think it it could be you know good quite quickly um definitely I think it's Haaland one and I think Mbappe is two in part because I just think if he gets back into that team straight away and is engaged he we, we've seen before I mean we saw when we were playing the game 2 years ago we saw last year he will do bits in that team so yeah, 100%. uh
1: hundred percent.
0: If if I were looking at that right now at how I would get a second premium in there, it would be Mbappe. Um but I understand those that are looking at Kane, um Haaland would be the number one for me though still.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll be shocked if he's ever probably not number one on that list when we talk about it across the season. But yeah, no, I think I think everything's been covered.
0: Yeah that is everything i just thought you know as a as a way to round it off because obviously people are now talking about that particularly with kane's price coming out today um, definitely but yeah so uh hopefully we we will have something back uh, for you relatively soon i'll work out sort of things um in terms of how quick that's going to be and let people know in due course Um, As I've said, we won't go more than a couple of weeks this season without having another Super League pod, but um, we'll see how it goes uh, over the the next week or so. Um, But all that's left for me to say is uh, thank you for listening and uh, we shall speak to you soon. Uh, Goodbye.
1: Bye.